Hey, church family, before you check out this week's episode, I've got to report to you that my microphone is not going to sound good. We had some technical difficulties on our end, um, and we'll make sure to have it fixed by next week. Enjoy this week's episode. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. Man, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is a fantastic uh, passage of scripture to dig into today. I am here, uh, as always, with our uh, our crew, our three B's crew. What's going on, you guys? Good morning. <laughs> it is morning for us. It's morning yes. for us, yeah. Hey, you said three B crew. Can you explain that? Let them know what this is. Oh, is yes. We're sending questions to you, Yeah. Oh. Here. Let's go. Open it. Bring it. Three Bs. <laughs> what are the three Bs? Well, here at Stones Crossing Church, we have a, uh, a vision for what we want to see every single person in our church to um, to kind of embody, to be about, and that's uh, it's to belong. Uh, to become and go beyond. And so um, uh, so belong means, you know, to belong to the family of God and um, so that that's belonging to Christ and also belonging to one another. Uh, becoming is actually right out of the passage that we're going to look at today, uh, that we are becoming like Christ and then going beyond. It's going beyond ourselves in service and mission to others. And so what's kind of cool about our, our church is we've hired along those lines, along that vision. So, so Ariel Eldridge, uh, you are our belong staff member, right? So yes, yeah. What is that? The warm hugs. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that? What does that mean? Um, yeah. So what Chris said is belonging to Christ, belonging to um, the local body as well. So we think of church as big C, little C, and um, big C is the church universal, which would be um, all believers. <laughs> I know. Was that, was that a, a gang sign or what was that? <laughs> As I was saying, Mitch, Mitchell Green, that the big C is church universal. So all believers across all time, across all of um, the world included in that church together is the body of Christ. But then we also emphasize the local body of Christ and really emphasize what it means to be part of a local body where you are um, contributing to um, to the well-being of your of your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, we lean on each other um, as we walk through life together and grow closer to Christ and more like Him. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, you know, <laughs> Man, and you weren't even like reading that off of anything or <laughs> anything. What, Man. what is that Disney movie where? So it's a Disney movie where they're like all the different personalities in the brain. Oh, Inside Out. Yeah. Inside yeah. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Movie. Love it. I don't know. When you guys were talking and you said like the big hug, I had this picture of like our personalities <laughs> as, <laughs> as an expression of the bee. Oh, I'm yeah. seeing that's I'm seeing a cartoon. We need to make this happen. Yeah. Oh, that's, true. So that's so that's belong. Um, so my role is the become role on staff, and, and that's the idea of helping, um, you know, it, it's it's helping people to grow in Christ-likeness. Uh, and and I mean, in, in actually, in some ways, all three of us are doing that. That's what we're that's what we're doing. Um, so specifically for me, what that means is, uh, you know, I oversee our our D groups, which is uh, which is um, actually pretty awesome. We've got almost half of our church that are involved in D groups right now. Um, and then we have classes and um, and membership. So, so that's what I oversee as sort of the become um, staff member. And then Mitch, you are our go beyond staff beyond. member yeah so w- what does that mean for going beyond no i mean it, it, I, I say this a million times i feel like from the stage but 
So, you know, when we go beyond, it's kind of out of an overflow of belonging in Christ, um, becoming like him. You know, what, what do we do other than to love Christ and love those around us? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, the going beyond is really the missions efforts of the church. It's the local, you know, how are we loving our community, um, which this season has been awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the global side of things, how are we, um, how are we at work with the, the global church, the big C yeah. church, as Ariel said, big C. the spread of the gospel around the world. <laughs> um, how are we, how are we actively contributing um, to that as a body? So, you know, my job is just to, you know, find people that are passionate about that, create opportunities and draw our church um, to move beyond ourselves. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's, so, so it's our ultimate. No. Hey, <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, so this is the three B's crew and uh, we've just been blessed to be able over these last seven weeks to, to be doing this podcast with you guys. And actually we have some plans now uh, looking to the future of some, some things that we're going to be talking about um, and uh, bringing in some other people as well, some of our family ministry team. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. So look forward to that. So, uh, but today we get to jump into Romans chapter eight, verses 18 through 30. This is a big chunk of scripture and, um, man, a a hugely important piece of, of scripture as well. There's so much to unpack in here. Um, but pastor Scott really got into this whole idea of, he kind of began by talking about the whole, you know, with the pandemic that's going on and just pandemic, does that mean panic? And did, have we had the panic moment going on? Uh, let me ask you guys this. I mean, did you guys have, have some sort of a, a panic moment or some sort of moment of a little bit of anxiety through all of this or what, what was it for you? How did you respond to it all? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think I've shared that, you know, in the podcast, but yeah. I, I have many moments of, so partially, we were talking before we got on here. I was sick kind of early yeah. in the mm-hmm. game. Maybe virus, maybe not. Who cares? But I was sick, which already had me on edge, you know, just about everything that was going on. Um, I had walking pneumonia. So uh, so for me, there were many moments where I was just walking around um, just stressed. I mean, I was telling, I, and I think I shared this on the podcast, like Scott was saying, you know, at one point Scott said, if you've watched the news, like you've likely experienced panic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was me textbook. I, I would watch the news and I would not only like keep track of what was happening, but I would start adding information that they weren't talking about. So mm-hmm. at one point, I remember being able to tell you like the size of California to um, compared to the size of Italy compared to population <laughs> density mm-hmm. all the data um, compared yeah i just was i was i wanted to be able to wrap my mind around it and have answers like mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to say this is how bad it's going to be yeah and I, and honestly like it, i finally had to come to a spot where i was like this is not good for me mm-hmm. um, which i wrote i wrote a little blog about that on our website where like this just wasn't good for me this mm-hmm. isn't good for me to reflect on these things all the time i'm basically trying to figure out the things that i'm are out of my control mm-hmm. um, and that's that's just above me to yeah. think about. Um, so yeah, long answer to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely experienced that. And the other thing was I tried to stay super busy. I don't know about y'all. I My first go-to was like, let's just work really hard through all this and it'll get over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, then you were faced with the downtime. Yeah. You know, a couple yeah. weeks into it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was there. Totally. No, I agree that that feeling of control was really hard for me in the beginning of just wanting to have something that I could say concretely, 
this is mine and I can take care of this, you know, and that was just slipping through my fingers with everything. Um, work, home, school, um, seminary, all of it. I couldn't control any of it. And yeah. so, yeah, I just had a moment where I was like, what is my purpose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just one by one, too. Yeah. You know, for, for like, for Chris and I with Israel, like, okay, like that's gone, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. then my wife and I were like, let's go to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then that's gone. And then it's like, well, at least like, you know, we can make all our food at home. And it's like, and then I would like click list and I wouldn't get half of my groceries. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, now I can't even plan a meal. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that most Americans are used to having things go their way. And Jeremy and I were just talking about this. My husband and I were, were thinking about this last night of just how, um, you know, we didn't see a lot of commercials about better together and all of these warm and fuzzy things you know, before COVID, even though we've been in war for how long, Mm -hmm. um, yet when we are like slightly inconvenienced in the American home, we start to have these moments of, (gasps) what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, you know, for us, it's, it's kind of been, I mean, I, I don't know that I've been like panicked as much as it's like, sort of what you guys are saying, like this idea of like, I just want to, I just kind of do, do some work, kind of be focused. And I've mostly just stayed home. Um, my wife was awesome through all this too. Like she, I mean, she continued like to take care of the home and, um, you know, braved the grocery stores and, and all that sort of stuff and took care of that. Um, but we just kind of kept hunkered down and, Honestly, it wasn't too much of an inconvenience for me because I'm the total introvert. So I was like, I'm living my best life right here. So <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is good. But um, but no, but at the same time, it's good to be back and good to be be able to meet together and, and do all that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, through this, um, Scott looked at this passage and walked through verses 18 through 30 and talked through four reasons not to panic. Four reasons why we can have actually what, what he's really getting to is assurance, uh, assurance from God on all kinds of different um, levels. And so let's just kind of walk through those. And I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on this and just unpack this a little bit. The first one they talked about is that God shows us that we have a glorious future. Um, and this is right out of verse 18. So, so let's go ahead and turn to uh, Romans 8. He starts out here by saying, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What what is he what is he talking about there? What is this what is this glorious future that um, that Paul is describing? Yeah, well Scott um, explained it as I mean he jumped ahead to was it first Corinthians fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where Paul was was talking about a vision that he had, whether it was in the body or out. Is that correct? Was it Paul? Second Corinthians 12. Oh, Second Se- Corinthians oh, 12. sorry. Yep. Okay, so that was Second Oh, I have it written right here. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, he also referred to 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah. Um, but just giving us that hope of the future of when God will make all things new, that he is in the process of growing us in the image of his son, as, as Romans 8 says, but that also um, the culmination of this will be um, in the end of of things whenever he'll make all things new when he talked about um scott mentioned you know that um the wolf and the lamb will will lie down together and that the lion will graze on the grass like the oxen and all these really cool things that are biblical um imagery of of what 
what that day will be like. Yeah. So yeah. I, that was the, that was the passage I was thinking of. That's right. It's so it's Isaiah eleven mm-hmm. um, verses starting at verse six. So it's like verses one through five of Isaiah eleven is talking about the coming Messiah and when he returns and what that's going to be like. And then when you get to verse six, he lays down all these this imagery of like the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fat, fatted calf together, and the little child shall lead them. But there's this one image that's in there that I think is. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Verse eight says, "The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra." Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is as a parent. For me, when yeah. I think about that, when I was like, "Why in the world would you let your kid do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on?" Um, but the very created order of things is going to be mm-hmm. so drastically different. In fact, later on in Isaiah, I want to I want to show this to you guys as well. Um, as Chris turns, we get we get a beautiful look here into the notes in his Bible. I know. Uh, and right. how long have you had this Bible? Uh, a year and a half or so. Okay. Well, I just, he's made it. He's oh, made the rounds because he's going all through kinds of books. <laughs> he spent a good amount of time with Isaiah, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, Isaiah. Um, chapter thirty-two, I think, brings us another really in- incredible picture because. Um, so check this out. This is verse sixteen. Um, this is what he says. He says, then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Mm-hmm. My people will abide in peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. And I think about the very order of things today. Like the way that things work today is, is about a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. Like why do we have door locks? Oh yeah, because the very cre- like the order of things as as they are right now is that we don't trust anybody. You know, why do we, you know, like I mean, why do we have alarm systems, anything like that? What about justice? Like the whole um the way that our system is right now, uh, the way that things go is justice is something that we long for, we look for, we rely on our government for, but it is not the way that things occur naturally. Justice and righteousness are things that are foreign to our minds in a, in a sense, and we long for it. And what it's saying is that in this new heavens and new earth, in the, in the, when, when the Lord returns, that those things are going to be the marks of our reality, that justice, righteousness, peace and trust is what it says that those things are going to be the very marks of what it what our existence is going to be like i can't even imagine that Mm -hmm. well i think chris as i was listening to you you know why do we lock our doors yeah so well we want a sense of security we want to feel secure yeah you know and and what you're saying is that when we think about letting a child play over a snake hole yeah that (laughs) that is like the opposite and our order of reality of what secure is. Right. But in this paradise, you know, this 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 new heaven, new earth that we're talking about here, Paul's like, no, 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 like there's total security. Mm. Not not just a feeling of security, but the order is made new. Yeah. You know, everything is made right to where like you can have security about your child playing over a snake hole. Which I, I when I think about that, I just I, I mean I was weed eating back in my backyard and I'm scared, you know. I'm like <laughs> weed eating and I see these holes and I have no idea what they are. You know, I mean and I'm I'm like, man, I'm gonna snake It's probably just frogs. Yeah. Probably, probably, I have no idea. I'll tell you kid. what though, yeah. my boys are afraid of frogs. You can talk about snakes, whatever, but they <laughs> fear frogs. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. but I'm weed eating and I have like I'm I'm like have no security. You know, yeah. and again, I, I yeah. think I think that's just kind of the picture that we're given here mm-hmm. is that our present trials, our present circumstances, they don't compare. 
yeah. you know, to the reality of the security that we're going to have. That panic will be no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't have that feeling of, you know, needing to lock your door. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so, he, you know, Scott talked about how this is pointing to this remake of all of creation. He talked about resurrected bodies. Like, we're, not only is all of creation going to be restored, but we're going to be restored as well. Um, that's something I can't even imagine oh, yeah. either. Like, I'm sitting here right now, and, and I'm, you know, I ate a kind bar before we started saying, I've got heartburn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the most minor version of this, but it's like, that's not a part of the future. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the decay of our bodies, the, you know, getting older, um, I would say even too, you know, one, one of the things that frustrates me, and, and this is funny, um, at, I'll let you into like a little bit of our work life that we have here. One of the things that, you know, a lot of times the staff likes to go out and grab some lunch together or we'll, or we'll, we will bring lunch to church and we'll eat together and have lunch. And a lot of times I don't eat lunch. Um, sometimes it's because I'm not hungry and other times it's because I'm just like, I just want to keep working. I'm like in a groove and I want to like keep moving forward. And I get really frustrated that I get hungry. And I'm like, why am I hungry? Why can't I just keep working? <laughs> it's, it's very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, our, our bodies are, um, I, I think that the fact that, that I get hungry reminds me, it, it, it reminds me of my frailty mm-hmm. that I, am in need uh, and I'm dependent on other things constantly. Um, and I think that, you know, when we look at, at the new heavens and new earth, these resurrected bodies and stuff, of course we're dependent on the Lord, but it's going to function so much differently mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so there's that. Anyway, uh, he, he concludes this whole thing with how the very best part is that we inherit God himself in this, uh, the fulfillment of our deepest desires. And we've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. but, um, uh, I thought I would just close with a quote. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next one because there's so much more to talk about here. But, um, one of the things that Scott said really reminded me of this very famous C.S. Lewis quote. And it's, it goes like this. He, He says, if I find in myself a desire, which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And I think what he's alluding to there is this idea that we have this deep longing, this consistent longing for God himself. It's, you know, and we try to fill it with all these other things and all those other things never satisfy. Um, But at the end of the day, truly it's the Lord himself that will, that will satisfy all of our needs and all of our desires. And, um, and so in the end, that's who we get. Uh, that that as as his people we get him and that's the truly the best part. So, well, the second uh, the second piece of this that he said is that God is interceding for us. Uh, so let's look at verse twenty six. Would would someone read Romans eight um, twenty six? So I'm going to read that. Yeah. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Nice. So uh, what exactly is he talking about here? Let's just, let's just unpack this, this passage. What exactly 
like, first of all, it says, you know, the spirit helps us in our weakness. What is our weakness? What weakness does he describe here? Well, what Scott was talking about on Sunday, you know, he's talking about even, you know, in our frustration, in our panic, when we pray, sometimes we just don't know how to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have the words or we don't know exactly what to say. We don't even know how to voice the frustration that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And, you know, what, what Scott what Scott was telling us is that, you know, the spirit in those moments is praying on our behalf. Um, the spirit does know. <laughs> the spirit does know the will of God. You know, it's kind of what Scott kept alluding to. And so... The spirit, you know, for us, when we, when our groaning, when our praying is not really up to even speaking the frustration we find ourselves in, that the spirit's there praying alongside us. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like that's just another assurance of God being in control. Mm-hmm. Is that even in your panic, that not only is God aware of your panic, but when we seek him, that he's at work, you know, and helping restore us in our panic in the ways that we don't even know we need mm-hmm. yeah. in that moment. Absolutely. Well, I love how we talked about... Um, you know, the works of the Spirit last week, a few of them. And this gives us another peek at that, that He would actually intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. He would speak on our behalf um, because we're incomplete, right? So um, we, even in our, we're incomplete even in our groanings um, that we would need the Spirit to fill that in for us. Um, and I love what you just said about the Spirit knowing the will of God. And so He is, he is interceding on our behalf for the good of what God is is bringing about. It's cool. Yeah, and because I think what we feel in that moment is that we don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're voicing to God our situations, our frustrations. We're trying to seek him. But yes. It's like the spirit does. Yeah, you know? yes. yeah. The other thing about that, too, is I, I, I find a lot of... Um, I don't know, I, I guess i just say assurance or a lot of, a lot of peace within this because um, I remember when I was first a Christian, um, I... I, I became a Christian right after my senior year of high school. And the summer after my senior year, I ended up going to work at a Christian camp. And I was at this Christian camp and we would gather every morning. I, we, were, we were all lifeguards. And so we would gather as a lifeguard team and we would say, let's, you know, we're going to do a, a devotion and pray together in the morning beforehand. So we would all pray. And, and uh, they asked me if I would pray one time. And I was like, I'm kind of new at this and I, I don't really know what to pray. And, and, and they, they one of the guys, he was just like, just, just start thanking God for stuff. Like, what, what, what are you thankful for? Just go ahead and start there. And I was like, okay. So I kind of started, but I realized like how, um, I guess just insufficient my prayers kind of seemed because I wanted to, I really wanted to just honor God in the way that I was praying, but I had no clue how to start, like no, no way to even know how to begin. Um, and then on the, at the same time, I knew all these other people who would pray and they would just have these like amazing, eloquent prayers that would just be like, man, why can't I just pray like them? And that's a prayer that God listens to. Look at that, you know. Um, but I think what this is saying is none of us actually really know exactly how to pray correctly. But that um, that what's happening here is that the spirit is helping us because we all have a weakness here. And uh and so even the best prayers in the world may be at like the 2% level and I'm at like the 1% level, <laughs> you know? Um, but that, and, and all that doesn't matter because the spirit is helping us through, through all of it. So I don't know, just some assurance and, and, uh, a little bit of peace for you guys out there. They're maybe thinking like, man, I hate praying out loud <laughs> and things like that. It's like, don't worry, don't worry. The spirit's helping you. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause man looks at the outward appearance. Well, God looks at the heart, and so he knows exactly um, what our groanings are from the inside out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think not only does the Spirit help in your prayer, I think it's that in your weakness, you know, the Spirit is interceding on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so in your panic, in your pain, in your frustration, you know, in Christ, the Spirit's interceding on your behalf in prayer. And so feel the freedom to approach God in your weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. not let your weakness be a reason to avoid God. Yeah. You know, which I think sometimes is the tendency is that we feel weak, we feel not able to go before God. And it's like, well, like what you're saying, even sometimes in our most elaborate, well-written prayers, you know, that the Spirit's still praying in a more clear way than we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Just approach God. Absolutely. Well, the third thing that Scott brought up was that uh, God is in control and how this helps to give us assurance of what God uh, is doing in our life. Uh, verse 28 is, I mean, honestly, one of the most um, famous passages in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mitch, I'm going to throw that to you. Would you read that? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> um, and we know for those that who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. Awesome. So this passage, what it, let, again, let's just unpack the, the, the concept here uh, with verse 28 in particular, just the idea that God is working all things together for good. So what is the natural tension that we feel in this passage? Things aren't good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So like in the midst of suffering, in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of um, even death, um, how do we reconcile that? Like how, do, how, how, can we, how can we say with confidence, yeah, Paul, I agree 100%. Um, God's working all things for good. And yet it seems like there's just so much um, evil in the world. I found it really refreshing the way Scott um, talked about how this doesn't necessarily mean God is working all things together to make our circumstances good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he is, as we've been talking about over and over, he is conforming us into the image of his son. Um, and what that is, is a long lifetime and beyond effect of what he's what he's doing that we won't even see the effects of until the day that all of this comes to consummation um and so it doesn't mean that he is um he is making all things good even these these bad things but he is using them for um an ultimate good purpose yeah Yeah. which is crazy to think about like how can god take these really difficult, terrible circumstances and turn them around for good. How do we, I mean, how do we pastor someone through that or counsel Mm -hmm. someone through that when they're going through um, something that's really difficult, especially like what what people are going through right now? Well, the other thing he mentioned was that, um, that sometimes hard circumstances are what God uses to align your life with his, um, and, and sometimes that really is what happens. We see people walk through really hard things, but they'll come out on the other side and say, you know, that is the thing that God used to pull me the closest to him. Mm. Or they'll say, um, I feel closest to God when I'm walking through something really difficult in my circumstances. Um, I've heard that many, many times. Um, sometimes we get in a groove of feeling comfy and we just forget Um, how good he is. We forget what bad feels like until we're in the middle of bad. Um, And it just reminds us of his goodness and his goodness becomes even greater because in the face of, of evil, 
um, you realize um, what the opposite is um, in in Scorius. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's using that to make really like what he's going to say next to conform you into the image of his son. Right. Uh, that's sanctification, right? Like that's, that's no, that's lifelong. What was it? <laughs> lifelong formation and righteousness. That's right. <laughs> lifelong process of righteous formation. Thank you. Okay. Good, 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 good. It actually wrapped all the way around the mud. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. No, I, so, so part of, part of my understanding that helps with this. So I, I've been reading through 2 Corinthians. Yeah. And um, 2 Corinthians is a great book to read in this time. We were talking about, you know, there is a sense of like wanting to get outside of things that just relate to this present, you know, pandemic we find ourselves in. Yeah. But if you're not reading something, 2 Corinthians is so good. And Mm -hmm. I I have loved it. I'm going to read it right now. I've read it slower (laughs) than I've read anything else, honestly. I mean, I'm just reading it very, very slow. But um, Paul is talking in here about really being in trial, you know, and what does it say and what does it mean? So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Hmm. And so Paul's understanding of these trials, you know, in, in the passage we're reading in Romans, he says they just don't compare, which is true. He's like, our trials don't compare to the eternal glory that we're going to experience. That's, they, they don't compare. But in other places, when Paul talks about trial, he talks about how trial is actually growing us in Christ's likeness, that they see this as part of the sanctification process. So in a sense, the early Christian almost welcomed it, Mm -hmm. which is so backwards for us to think about. But they would welcome these trials because they saw them as an opportunity for them to remind themselves to rely on God, Mm -hmm. to remind themselves about the eternal promise that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so it, the, the way that we see trial, again, it's not that our circumstances are going to change, and it's not that, you know, God's bringing these awful things upon us, you know, just to make us feel miserable. But in the midst of trial, it reminds us, again, that, you know, as Paul said, we thought we'd received the sentence of death. But why? So that we could remind ourselves um, to rely on the God who raises the dead. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, My dad trumps your dad. Yeah. So <laughs> the t-shirt. It's just even in the trials we're experiencing, reminding ourselves that God is growing us towards him. And there's and just as Paul says in Romans 8, that there's a promise that's greater than what we're experiencing, that your circumstances isn't what you need to be rescued from. Right. Absolutely. It seems like there's a kind of a common theme through all of these, and it's pointing us back to our dependency on God, like over and over again, that that. Um, we might think that we are independent. We might think that we can, you know, do everything on our own, but there's this, at the heart of it, this um, need for us to recognize that we are utterly dependent on God. Um, And the sanctification process, (laughs) it really is God purifying that out of us, you know, like showing us, oh, no, you, you you know, like what we were saying with this weakness uh, back in verse 26, I'm weak in, in my ability to pray, because I'm dependent on God to help me to pray, you know. Um, I'm I'm dependent on God when you know talk about the first one that for this glorious future that I can't make that myself, um, and that God is in control. I I can't control these circumstances. I'm dependent on God for that. Um, you know, something something came up in our watch party this last week when as we were watching it that I thought was a great question, and um, I wanted to pose that here. Now it seems like in this passage, verse twenty eight. Um, it says uh, that we know that for those who love God, 
all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This promise of things working together for good, Scott alluded to this a little bit, um, where it's like those who are called according to his purpose, those are the ones, that's sort of the condition for which the good comes about, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's uh, someone in our watch party asked, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to be called according to his purpose? And, and can we have a false sense of calling sometimes? Can we think that we're called and then not really be called? Well, I'm going to um, refer back to last week where we were talking about the, des- the desires of the Christian. Um, you know, I think we know we are called because if we have a desire to, um, to love God and to honor him um, and to serve him, that comes out of the, that work of the spirit that could not be from us, right? We talked about how that had to be something outside of us. Um, but Chris, you made a good point before we started the podcast that, that this is actually in Romans. So if we turned back to verses six through eight, we can see um, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is the objective truth for us, uh, is that if we are if we are submissive to our, our God as Lord, we know that we are called. That is, that is an assurance we can have straight from Scripture. Yeah. Because uh, we're not able to um, able to please him without the Spirit working in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that's really good. I, I'm trying. To, I was trying to think about the question from another angle. Like, sure. Like I think that's absolutely true. Again, not knowing how the question was posed, I think there's also the question we ask ourselves sometimes: Are there people who claim Christ but they're not actually in Christ? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, I think there's a part of that that we can't know that right somebody else i don't want to completely take the question the other way i just don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what's being asked and it's like we can't know that but yes someone could do that (laughs) someone could claim to be in christ Mm -hmm. but they in themselves have not submitted themselves to him they don't want to do rightly um Mm -hmm. that's that's obviously possible Mm -hmm. i know that's kind of a can of worms but if that's if that's the question that whomever was asking in the chat i think for me it's like yes there are people who do that but I think the more important answer, if you're asking for yourself, is that if you desire to do rightly, mm-hmm. you desire to please the Lord, mm-hmm. that you're in Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even if you're living wrongly, which we all, you know, will from time to time will experience sin in our lives, it's that desire to actually do right <laughs> that says more about your relationship with Christ than your actions. Yeah. Because your actions aren't ultimately what make you secure in Christ anyways. Right. It's what Jesus did on the cross. Exactly. So, exactly. So and I would and I would argue even your feelings too. Like sometimes we look at assurance as this this sense of peace, the sense of this mm-hmm. this almost an emotion or a feeling that we have. And I think that we have to get away from that idea. Assurance is is theological. Uh, at really at the end of the day, it's something that surpasses our feelings. So if we're feeling unassured of our faith, then we can go back to scripture and we can say, what did God promise me? Because I know that those things are going to be sure and certain Mm -hmm. and I can rest on those things. And, um, and so, so that's, that's a huge part of that. Um, you know, assurance isn't just our feelings. You know, uh, we were talking about this book. Uh, there's this really great little book out there by um, this guy named J.D. Greer. Uh, I, I, I recommend it. I, I think it's a good book. It's called uh, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you read that book? It's laughable title. Um, but. It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty short. Um, it's like eight chapters. But um, 
the, the thing that, that is really great about this book is that it, it brings up this whole idea and you kind of, it, there's a lot of the evangelical church movement that, that has been doing this sort of thing where it's like, oh, you know, you know, if you sinned or you backslid, you can come down and re-ask, ask your, ask Jesus into your heart and, and, um, or maybe even like get rebaptized or, or things mm-hmm. like that. And it's, again, it's this, it's the whole thing of like, you know, this isn't something that we're resting, we're not resting on our own faithfulness to God. Our hope is not in our faithfulness to him. Our hope is in his faithfulness to us. And so if we um, come back to that that place where we're like, you know, maybe we've backslid, maybe we've fallen into some sin and we're like, I need to get things back right with God in some way. You know what? You, You don't have to like become a Christian all over again. You don't have to get rebaptized. You don't need any of that. You just need to re- recognize that God, even though you have been unfaithful to him, he has always been faithful to you. And you can rest in that because that's a promise that he's made to you. Um, and, uh, and that kind of goes into the, the last one that Scott talked about, which is God loves us. Um, and this, this passage is, is just, um, Phenomenal, because I think it plays right into what we're talking about. So, um, so this is how how he ends this section, verse twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So how does this solidify our assurance? So Scott um, really addressed the question I had. When you read this, we're using the past tense of these verbs, which made me wonder, like, what is Paul talking about here? And um, I love the way that Scott unpacked it and said that it is, um, it is so assured that he is speaking of it as if it's already happened. Um, And, you know, we talk about the already and not yet. So we're living in this, this in between of knowing that the kingdom of God has already started um, and is already in play, but not fully. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we can see the end picture. We know the end of this story. We know the spoiler alert is that Christ wins. And this is this is going to be a really great ending for those who are in Christ. Um, And so it says here already, we can be assured that those whom he called, he also justified through his son and his death on the cross. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so it's like we are already there with the father in person. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's saying like, okay, just some of those that I called, I'm going to justify. And then some of the justified, I'm going to glorify. He says like all of them. Right. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, you know, as I think about this in this sermon, it's like, you know, okay, why we shouldn't panic is one, is one version of this, but it's also kind of in your panic. What are the things you need to remind yourself of? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, I think it's, you know, your panic doesn't say anything about your relationship with Christ. It says something about being human. Yeah, you know, and that's why this these passages are so helpful because they're talking about our condition of you know sonship in Christ. They're talking about the truths that are placed on us that are secure that have nothing to do with the way that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying, and so we don't look to our feelings and our panic and say, "Man, am I? Is this doubt? You know, is this doubt? You know, what's saying something about how I relate to God?" It's like no, it's saying something about your human experience. But if we turn to God and we remind ourselves to know that God loves us, that God's in control, that God is interceding for us, and we turn to His Word, you know, to look to those promises, um, it's not only going to help you in your weakness, 
but it's also going to help grow you in your confidence, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ and your assurance of him, as Chris said, um, because it's not found on our present experience. You know, so the next time that we don't, that we panic, the next problem we run into, it's not that we're doing this all over again, yeah. as Chris said. It's this foundation of understanding who we are in Christ, regardless of the experience that we're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that there's nothing, you know, that can separate us from that, regardless of what's happening. Absolutely. I can't think of a better way to end this discussion on assurance than um, ending with Philippians 1.6, <laughs> you know. Um, so this is what it says. It says, and I am sure of this. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And that is a, a sure and certain promise that he has made for us. And so we hope that encourages you today. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we hope that you will join us next time on the Sunday recap. <laughs>